What up, yo? It's Mark Shanup with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, March 7th. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Fantasy Knockout. We're also on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Knockout. Please check out the website, FantasyKnockout.com. Got some cool stuff going on there. So are you guys ready for some way too early rankings? Who are we expecting to be at the top before free agency happens, before the draft happens, before camps even happen? So we're going to discuss that in today's show. Let's talk some news real quick. News with views. All right. So to start it off, the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, I'm sure you guys have heard a little bit about what's going on there. Basically, the voting period has officially started. The owners sent their draft of what they thought would be right, what they want for the CBA. Now it is in the players' hands. They are going to vote upon it. So the uh, the, the period started 9 a.m. Eastern on last Thursday. It'll stay open until 11.59 Eastern uh, this Thursday, March 12th. And what needs to happen is 15. 50% plus one. So just a smidge over 50% of the voted players have to agree upon it for it to take place. Um, I'm sure you've heard players like Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, some big, big name players come out and say that they're not fans of it um, because it doesn't really suit players. You know, the the high-end players, the 5% <laughs> if teams have that, uh, of that. Basically, the CBA is going to help a lot of the average Joes in the league get a little bit better uh, care and whatnot. So next time we talk, hopefully this whole thing will be signed and they'll have the next 10 years figured out for the next uh, CBA. Moving on, wide receiver Robbie Anderson, uh, formerly of the Jets. He is set to become a free agent. Uh, the Jets are making efforts to re-sign him. There's been a lot of talks about him going to maybe Green Bay or Oak, not Oakland, to Vegas. Sorry, Raider fans. Uh, next, running back Kenyon Drake. He's also a free agent. He's drawn some interest by the Lions. He came out and said he wanted to re-sign with the Cardinals. I personally would like to see him there in Arizona. We'll see what happens because uh, the free agency is coming up soon. Tight end Hunter Henry of the Chargers. Reports are saying that the Chargers are expected to franchise tag Henry, which means he would stay there in L.A. And then quarterback Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints. Reports are saying that the Saints are going to use a first-round tender on Hill. So Hill's a free agent, and if... You know, since the Saints can put a tender on him saying that if another team um, wants to trade them, not trade, but give up their first round pick for him, they can have Taysom Hill. So I'll break that down a lot more when when we talk free agencies and how the rules and all that kind of work. There's a lot of terminology that's quite confusing, so we'll definitely break that down for you. And then the last bit of news is running back Austin Eckler of the Chargers. He signed uh, a four-year $24.5 $24.5 million deal. Looks like he's going to be the running back one going forward. So good for Austin Eckler. Uh, Charger fans, that's good to be excited about. You got a running back now because uh, I'm sure Melvin Gordon will be gone. Let's get into the main event. Main event. All right, so we're going to talk some rankings. I'm going to go over my top 10 overall 
players for next year for the 2020 uh, NFL season. I know this is before, like I said, before free agency, before the draft, before training camps, before injuries. There's a lot's going to change, I'm sure. But this is just to give you guys an idea of who I like right now. We'll see how much changes based off of news and hype and all that kind of stuff. So to kick it off, number one is Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. So I have him projected at 280 carries, 1,372 yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground. And then I got him projected for 136 targets, 109 receptions, 924 yards, four touchdowns for a total of 368 points. That's a rough projection for him for next year. So basically, listen, if you had Christian McCaffrey, it was beyond cheating last year. He essentially was two players in one. There have only been 18 other seasons by a wide receiver with 116 receptions, as 44% of his total fantasy production was via in the air. Far and away the fantasy MVP last year, McCaffrey was in a league of his own, outpacing the running back two by 113 points. To put this insanity in perspective, if we only counted his home games, so eight of them, right? He was the RB11. This discussion about the first pick of the first draft, you know, or the first pick of the first round for next season is it's signed, sealed, and delivered. There's basically no argument that he's the guy, regardless of the coaching changes that are going to happen, and perhaps a new quarterback in Charlotte. Number two. So Ezekiel Elliott comes in. With, he's of the Dallas Cowboys. He comes in at my number two spot. I have him projected for 306 carries, 1,408 yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground, 77 targets for 60 receptions, 506 yards, and two touchdowns in the air for a total of 293 points. So if you drafted Zeke last year, you likely walked away from the season wanting more, despite his consistency and fantasy finish. He was the only RB without a bust game of the year last year. He also rebounded in the touchdown department, leading the NFL in red zone rushing attempts at 3.8 per game. However, the big plays were few and far between, as his longest rush was only 33 yards. There is a variance in every single fantasy season, but Elliott will once again be in consideration for a top three pick. That's why I got him at number two. He is as safe as they come at the position. Number three. Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants, he's my number three. I got him projected for 252 carries, 1,233 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. He's got 93 targets for 68 receptions, 567 yards, and three touchdowns in the air for a whopping 293 points. So I got him and Elliott basically tied at two and three. It's just a preference here. So last year, after Barkley's missed games in weeks four through six, He wasn't himself for the next seven games. He averaged 17 rushes for 53 rushing yards. However, from week 14 on, he was the running back five. He was on pace for 90 targets, which is 30 less than the previous year. So his involvement in the passing game will be something to monitor with Daniel Jones going forward. Number four. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints comes in at number four for me. I got him projected for 162 targets, 130 receptions, 1,479 yards, and nine touchdowns for a total of 267 points. Not quite as many receptions as he did last year, but Michael Thomas was great. 
there isn't much more that he that needs to be said. Uh, Thomas beat the wide receiver two by 67 fantasy points. He broke the NFL record for receptions, and he caught 96% of catchable targets thrown his way. Basically, he would have outscored Odell Beckham Jr. in uh, Thomas's eight home games. Drew Brees is back, which means Thomas is the unquestionable number wide receiver number one for 2020. That's why I got him at number four. I like him just a little bit more than the next set of running backs I got. Number five. Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. I got him projected for 264 carries, 1,241 yards, 10 touchdowns, 60 targets for 48 receptions, 411 yards, and one touchdown in the air. That's a total of 256 points. So Dalvin Cook was awesome for most of the year as the RB2 in fantasy points from weeks 1 through 14. He was the bell cow for the Vikings with third most goal line carries and fourth most evaded tackles despite missing two games. The only concern is injuries as Cook has yet to finish a full 16 games in his three seasons in the NFL. While he is entering a contract year, Cook likely will not hold out as Alexander Madison and Mike Boone are capable backups available on the roster. Number six, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. I got him projected for 315 carries, 1,607 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, 45 targets, 33 receptions for 256 yards, and one touchdown in the air for a total of 256 points. You heard me right, 1,600 yards. This man is going to lead the league in rushing yards. He was almost the leader this last year. Chubb, on a consistency percentage basis, finished exactly where his fantasy total claimed. He led the league with seven games of at least 100 rushing yards and the number of 15-plus yard runs. Big plays were waiting to happen, including a monster number one overall finish in Week 4 against the Baltimore Ravens. He also had the most forced missed tackles, according to PFF. However, he definitely dropped off after Week 10 when Kareem Hunt jumped into the mix. So from weeks 10 to 17, he averaged just two targets per game and had a couple of duds in the fantasy playoffs. I would still draft him as a top 12 pick next year. And in addition to his new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, certainly should help. So I love Chubb going forward. Uh, That's why I got him at six. Number seven. Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. I got him projected for 293 carries, 1,375 yards, 8 touchdowns on the ground, 48 targets for 37 receptions, 314 yards, and 2 touchdowns in the air for a total of 248 points. So Mixon, he had the 5th most carries and was the number 1 in evaded tackles according to Player Profiler. His fantasy productions was a tale of two seasons last year. Before his Week 9 buy, Mixon averaged 8.8 fantasy points per game and 54 total yards per game. After the buy, he averaged 17.2 fantasy points per game and 124 yards per game. I see him as a late round, first round heading into next year. I love this guy's talent. Hopefully he can get it on board. The Bengals are likely to draft quarterback Joe Burrow, which means it's a rookie situation. I don't quite love those you know, quarterbacks going forward. They might lean a little bit more on Mixon. I mean, kind of look look at Arizona last year with Kyler Murray. You know, they leaned on – I mean, David Johnson wasn't fantastic. But if you take the just the 
RB position with David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, and uh, Kenyon Drake, and you put that in. That was a monster fantasy-relevant position. I could see Joe Mixon doing something similar to that. Number eight. Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. I have him projected for 172 carries, 791 yards, nine touchdowns on the ground, 97 targets for 78 receptions, 563 yards in the air, and two touchdowns. That's a total of 241 points. So Kamara struggled with injuries, and he didn't provide the boom games that made him so special the last two years. However, based on consistency, he was exactly what you wanted. He had the third most running back receptions from week 10 on. He was the running back eight. The problem was the lack of carries inside the five yard line as he had only four goal line attempts, 37th among running backs. He might come to a slight discount next year. And since Drew Brees is leading the offense, he's still among the elite tier of running backs for me. Yes, Latavius Murray is a really good goal line running back and he took away some of that from Kamara but I think Kamara just like I said earlier he just wasn't the same him and him and Barkley just were not the same it took him about four to five six, maybe six weeks to kind of get back into the trusting their ankles and trusting their knees and stuff because they both had those high ankle sprains and just the cutting and make sure that they could lean on it and really use it the right I like Kamara as a discount uh, I think he'll bounce back and be amazing next year Number nine, Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. I have him projected for 289 carries for 1,446 yards, 11 touchdowns, 18 targets for 14 receptions, 132 yards, and one touchdown in the air for a total of 236 points. But Mark, how come he's not a top three running back for you? All right, so Henry was an absolute animal at the end of the year, almost bringing the Titans to the brink of a Super Bowl. Not only did he have weak winning performances, but Henry was fairly steady despite being an almost zero in the passing game. He averaged a league-leading 102.7 yards per game and led the running backs in yards after contact. He will be an interesting offseason debate as many ask if he's due for some regression after the Titans scored way too many touchdowns in the red zone and had the fewest field goals in the league with only eight. If the Titans resign him, it's clear he's their offense, and Henry should be worth a late round, you know, first round, late first round draft pick. All right, to wrap it up, the last one. Number 10. Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons. I have him projected for four carries for 19 yards and zero touchdowns on the ground. But I have 165 targets for 106 receptions, 1,531 yards, and six touchdowns for a total of 244 points. So just Julio being Julio. Season in and season out, this is what you get from Julio. You'd like more touchdowns. You probably won't get them. But you're going to get all the receptions and yardage you could possibly want. Julio has a legitimate shot at being the number one receiver every single year. So that's why I have him at my number two receiver at number 10. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show, we got the free agency thought. So we're going to talk about where guys could possibly go, explain a lot of the terminology. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the episode. Make sure to subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, please leave a rating and review. It helps out the show a ton. 
Hashtag dominate your league. All right. Till next time. See ya.